Hey, murder lovers. My name is Mackenzie. This is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Okay, so today's story is actually one that I found on TikTok. Needless to say, though, as much as I'm over TikTok, I will post my own TikTok about this story. Because um, <laughs> you can do an entire TikTok with TikTok. TikTok? TikTok. <laughs> you can do an entire TikTok with just like the security footage on this one, which is what oh, I plan really? to do. So if you're listening to this story and you haven't followed us on TikTok, go over there. Yeah. I don't know what the handle is. <laughs> it's Stranger Danger Podcast on TikTok. Cool. So you can follow us over on there um, by tomorrow, Tuesday, maybe. Yeah, by Tuesday. This will go up Monday. So by Tuesday, I will have something on Tickety Talk for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) But this is the story of the murder of Colleen Ritzer. She was 24 years old, and she was a math teacher at Danvers High School in Danvers, Massachusetts. I have a feeling, first of all, Massachusetts came out of my mouth very weirdly. (laughs) I don't know what that was. There was was no tea in there. I feel like I got it, but it didn't sound right. (laughs) You said it confidently enough where I'm like, all right, we're just going to go with it. Massachusetts. 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 Um, And where, though? What was the name of it? Danvers, which I feel like I'm saying it very confidently, like that's what it is. But it's going to be one of those towns that's wrong. I know it. I mean, it sounds like Denver. So in my head, I was like, oh, that's where she's going. But you went Danvers. D-A-N-V-E-R-S. Oh, yeah. I would totally pronounce it Danvers. Danvers, Mass. Cool. Um, So she was, you know, young and fresh out of college and things like that. The students really liked her. Um, She often stayed behind for tutoring. She was a math teacher. I don't know if I mentioned that already, but she was a math teacher, which, like, you're a different breed if you're a math teacher, especially a high school math teacher. (laughs) I don't know about you guys. Um, My worst subject. Literally, like, I add with my fingers still, practically. I actually pulled up her, her Twitter is still active, and she was super active on her Twitter and was constantly posting materials for her students to help them prep and stuff. She would be like, here's the answer key, here's, like, today's assignment, here's stuff for, like, the pre-SATs, and constantly, like, putting assignments and materials and stuff on there for her students, which I was like, all right, she was... A young, technology-savvy, engaged teacher. Yeah. Um, So she was, like, the type of person where if a student was struggling or anything like that, she'd be like, hey, stay after school. We're going to work together. We're going to talk. So she did free tutoring and everything like that for her kids' extra support. There was a new student in her class recently. His name was Philip Chisholm. He was 14 years old, so he was a freshman at the time. And he had just moved from Clarksville, Tennessee. He'd been there for about a month, but he was new to the town, also new to high school because he was a freshman and everything like that. Okay. He had been kind of like outgoing. He joined the soccer team, seemed to really be doing well, but then suddenly kind of became very withdrawn and shy. He was in Miss Ritzer's last period class of the day. And so on October 22nd, 2013, she finished up her last cl- her last class, which he was in, and then he stayed back for extra tutoring support. It was at this time that she kind of started a conversation with him. A student reported that they had been talking about China. Um, but then at some point, the conversation turned to Tennessee. And Miss Richard brought up, you know, him moving from Tennessee or something about Tennessee. And he became kind of visibly upset according to this other student that was, like, observing okay. it and in the classroom. She was like, that's kind of weird that he, like, had such a negative reaction to it. To the town he 
came from. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the teacher noticed this too and kind of changed the subject. It's speculated that the reason that this kind of caused some upset was because potentially due to his parents' divorce. The oh. reason he left Tennessee is he'd actually moved to this new town with his mom after his parents had been going through kind of a stressful divorce. Gotcha. And so she changed the subject. So security cameras show that Miss Ritzer exited the classroom at 2.54 p.m. and walked towards the women's bathroom. And then the same security camera shows Philip peeking his head out of the classroom, ducking back into the classroom, and then re-emerging with his hood pulled up. Okay. What Miss Ritzer and obviously the security cameras and everybody doesn't know is that Philip had come to school that day with a box cutter a ski mask, and no. several changes of clothing. Oh, fuck. Cameras show her walking into the bathroom. So they have, like, a, a great security system, honestly. Sounds like, the like security it. security cameras in there are phenomenal. Shows her walking into the bathroom, and very shortly afterwards, he ducks into the same bathroom. Oh, no. Several minutes go by, about you know, 10 minutes or so. Another student is caught on camera walking into the bathroom and immediately walking what? back <gasps> out. Okay. Later on, she was interviewed and she said that she thought she'd walked in on somebody changing. So she turned around and walked back out. But what she had actually walked in on was the rape and murder of the <gasps> math teacher. No. So Philip had gone into the bathroom and startled his teacher... He had slashed her throat 16 times with the box cutter that he had bought to school. (gasps) He then raped her. And then when this other student walked in, it startled him. And he, at that point, stopped what he was doing. Oh, my God. At 3.07 p.m., so at this point, 10, 11, 13 minutes have passed. Yeah. Philip walks out of the bathroom, and you can see his hand covered in blood. It's red on the security camera. Walks off camera down the hallway. Ten minutes later, he comes back on camera, and he's wearing a different outfit, and he's dragging one of those large recycling bins behind him that's, like, on wheels into the bathroom. He then walks out of the bathroom seven minutes later with the recycling bin behind him in yet another outfit. He pulls the bin into the elevator, and then he drags it off of the school property into the woods. Now, it is... There's some debate about Miss Ritzer's condition at this point, but it's thought that she was in the recycling bin, still barely <gasps> alive. She was in the bin? She was in the bin. That we do know. She was in the recycling bin. We don't know if she was dead or alive, but it does seem like she was barely alive at this point. Philip then drags her into a nearby wooded area. He dumps her body, and then, trigger warning, like... It gets bad? Yeah. Er- he, He takes a tree branch and he sexually assaults (gasps) her with the tree branch. What the hell? At that point, it's thought that he strangled her to finish the job, essentially. He then poses the body with her shirt pulled up and her legs spread. And he leaves a note that says, I hate you all. The fuck? He re-enters the school at 4 p.m. in another outfit. So all in all, it's been just over an hour. Who is this? Yeah, he literally, like, changes ten times. What the? Whoa. And he's 14. So he re-enters the school in a different outfit. He goes back into the same bathroom. Okay. And then turns around after he does whatever he's doing in there. It's thought that he's in there cleaning up. And then he leaves the school for the day. He never returns home. 
And so his mom files a missing persons report when he doesn't return home from school that day. And then... And he's 14, right? He's 14, yeah. 14, okay. A few hours later, Miss Ritzer's own family also files a missing persons report when she doesn't return home from work. Well, yeah. And so police are out canvassing, looking for both, not realizing that they're related in any way. And so they come across Philip, who's walking along the highway at about 1230 at night. And the police stop him and they ask him, do you have anything on you that could hurt anyone? And he says, "Um, yes. And he he opens up his wallet and he shows them a bloody box cutter. What? And the police say, whose blood is that? And he says, the girl's. And the police say, well, where is the girl? And he says, in the woods. Oh, my God. And the whole time, he's not making eye contact with them. He said he's acting very oddly. He won't look them in the eyes. And he's just answering very, like, calmly, not with any type of emotion. this is what I did. Very robotic, yes. So he says, she's in the woods. And the officer says, if we find her, can we help her? And he says, no. So they search his backpack and they find her credit card, Miss Richard's credit card, and her underwear. Oh, and oh God! He says, <laughs> he says first that he had found the items, and then later on during interrogation, he says that he stole them out of her car. Okay. But police then run he the credit card statements, everything like that, and find that the credit card was used to buy fast food at Wendy's and also buy a movie ticket, which they were very quickly able to link to Philip's transactions and not her own. So it just felt like a frosty after a nice murder, right? Um, he also during interrogation says that he had destroyed both his and the girl's cell phone. So that way, the police wouldn't be able to track him. So police are still canvassing at this point, looking for, for her. the girl, but okay. also looking for Colleen. So they think, again, two different things. Yeah, but I mean, he has Colleen Ritzer's credit cards. So oh, that's like, right. Okay. They're like, something Something is going on here and very likely related. But they don't know she's dead at this point. Okay. So they're canvassing, looking for her. And they find her body in the woods a few hours later. Naturally, he is immediately brought up on charges. So he is charged with um, rape and robbery as a juvenile, but as an adult for murder. Now, the defense actually had a really... They argued that he had an undiagnosed psychotic disorder, and he had had an undiagnosed psychotic disorder since he was 10 years old. Um, his family had an interesting history of mental illness on his mother's side, mm. both of a psychotic nature, okay. um, with women being treated for that. It hadn't, from what I could tell, ex- impacted any male members of their family, only women. Um, but basically, students testified that he had become very withdrawn on the soccer team. He was known to kind of, like, celebrate when he made goals and stuff like that. He'd stop doing that. Weird. He would often, like, sit and stare out the window and talk to himself. He would play music in his headphones, which was one thing that Miss um, Ritzer was always on him about because he would not pay attention in class. Oh, he would just play his headphones. Okay. So she was always getting him on with that. And so when he was charged and everything like that, he said at that point... That their conversation that day, she had said something that had triggered him, but refuses oh. to say, refuses to say what it was what that she said was. that was triggering. Yeah. 
And so while he was awaiting trial, he was being held at a juvenile detention facility because of his age. And he actually planned and attacked a female staff member at the facility. Oh, wow. So the staff member was 29 years old. He took off his shoes so he could move quietly without her hearing him. Oh, my goodness. Followed her into a room and slammed her into a wall, choked her, punched her, and tried stabbing her with a pencil. The staff heard a bunch of commotion as she was able to finally, like, break away from him choking her and started screaming. And so they were able to intervene and luckily save her on time. But he was also, at this point, then charged for attempted murder, assault with intent to murder, kidnapping, two counts of assault uh, with—or, I'm sorry— Attempted murder, assault with attempt to murder, kidnapping, two accounts of assault, and battery with a weapon. Wow. So assault with attempt to murder and assault and battery with a weapon are apparently two different things. Right. Um, That's a laundry list. Yeah. So he began treatment while he was at this facility or whatever, and they said it was the first time that he had actually been treated for any type of mental disorder or anything like that. So he began... He's young, too. Yeah, he's very young. So they began medication for him, um, and he was deemed competent to trans- stand trial. Okay. By the time everything's said and done, he's 17 years old. So okay. a lot of goes by. So he is deemed competent to stand trial, and that's where they start talking about the history of mental illness on his mother's side. Now, the case in this was really interesting. They went with the um, insanity defense or whatever, that he was psychotic, everything like that. But there were several things along the way that the um, defense asked to be thrown out. So they said that the police stopped um, Philip as just like a regular stop and frisk. Sure. And they were like... there was a missing persons on him at that point, too. Well, and they were like... Well, it wasn't just a random stop and frisk. Like, he was reported as a missing person. Mm -hmm. It was 1230 at night. He was out past curfew. He's walking along the side of the highway. Like, he did not stop us from searching his stuff. Right. But they asked for the robbery charge to be thrown out because they said that basically the police weren't in within their right to actually search him. Oh, for the debit credit card? For the credit card, everything like that. Okay. So he said they weren't within his right to search him. Uh, the judge overruled that and said, nope, they, like, they had reason to. He was a missing person at that point. Um, and they asked if he had any weapons, and he consented. Yep, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that became, like, a huge thing at trial um, was he was charged with not only the rape that occurred in the bathroom, but also assaulting her with the tree branch. With the branch, yeah. And they asked for that to be dismissed because they could not prove whether she was dead or alive when that happened. Oh, my God. And they basically said that if she was dead, that that would be, you basically, like, it would be charged with... um, what do they call it? Like, tampering with a, uh, a corpse or something yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. Um, and you could really only charge rape if it's a live, a live person. person. And no one could say whether or not she was really dead or alive. There's a what lot of... the bathroom, though? Well, and so that's the thing. Is So they talked about... They did an autopsy, and they said there are two causes of death. One is from the stabbings. Because she was, she was stabbed and slashed across her throat 16 times. Jesus. Three of those w- hit vital arteries. Okay. What they don't know is if the strangulation came before or after the stabbings. One, oh. one coroner said if they strangled her first, that's the part that would make sense, that she would die from the strangulation and then not the stabbing. Because if 
she was strangled after she was stabbed, the amount of blood would have made it impossible to be able to get a grip around her neck, basically. Right. But that's what I was thinking when you said she, he strangled her. I was like, I can't imagine on top of all those wounds already managing to strangle someone. And like, right. How but they messy don't know, it would have been. Right. They don't know which occurred when oh, and weird. which one was actually what killed her because both had done enough damage that either could have resulted in her cause of death. Oof. That being said... It is important to know, like, was it the stabbing that happened in the bathroom or the supposed strangulation that then happened out in the woods that killed her? Because that would determine whether or not the tree branch was, yeah, being used on a corpse or a live person. And apparently that matters quite a bit. So there was a lot of back and forth about whether or not, like, that charge was going to hold up. Um, The judge ultimately ruled that it would. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at least, like, that they were, they weren't going to toss it out as gotcha. far as, like, one of the things They're going to the let table. the jury decide yes, whether or not exactly. they wanted to charge him for it. Exactly. That makes sense. Um, so, a psychiatrist testified at this point that Philip heard voices and a voice was commanding him to kill his teacher. Um, but another psychologist, actually two different women, I believe, they were both female psychologists, testified basically that he was faking the whole thing. Oh, And no. that he, he didn't show any signs of trauma, no signs of abuse, that, like, basically he did not fit any description of somebody that would act in this way. That like a break type situation. Yeah, there's nothing that warranted a psychotic break. Um, there was no history of him acting in a violent way. There was nothing as far as, like, he'd never been charged with any other crimes. He had never had a violent history. And the fact that he came to school that day with everything that he needed to do this, it it obviously wasn't a psychotic break because he... He had a bag, like he right. packed a bag. That's and he was what ready I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, "That's not a break or just something impulsive or something that you don't have any control over." Because he came prepared. He had changes of clothes. He had the weapon, and yeah, and had yeah, the had weird. the forethought to first of all look out, see the camera, lean back in, out of frame, put his hood up. And then... That's just so weird because it's after school. It it didn't seem like he was running away to get away with it, though. Right. Like, he was just running away, like, I'm going to have the last few moments that I can walk in as far as I can. Well, and when they showed him the security footage, which took a really long time to actually be released to the public, but when they showed him the security footage before... um, They had the security footage from the school before he... Before her body was even found, was my understanding. And they showed him the security footage, and he they said that they he walked them through it very methodically and kind of filled in gaps, but also would, like, leave out details that it... From he, inside the bathroom, Yeah, maybe. so, like, he knew that they didn't have her body yet. So he never actually said oh. anything about her being dead, about her being raped, or anything like that. But he was, like, when... When he comes out in a change of clothes, he was like, oh, no, that's not a different person. That's me. So he's very aware of He's aware of happening. it. And that's what they said. That they, He has a good recollection of it. But is also mindful enough not to incriminate himself where he doesn't need to. Right. So, like, 
not confessing to rape, not confessing to murder because she hasn't been found yet. Right, and but, he's not giving them specifics like, oh, whether she was alive or not when she was put in the bin right. before he took her out. But he never, like, went with the whole, like, oh, that's somebody else type thing. Like, right, playing dumb. Yeah. Right, he was never playing dumb. Right. So the judge hmm. was like, no, 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 he's, Calculated. he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Absolutely. So it was kind of like a very son, son of Sam type thing with, like, faking the mental yeah. illness type whatever. Um, both moms were present during the trial. Uh, the judge basically said that the family would be allowed to stay. They would be allowed to visibly react because some judges are like, you shed a tear and you're out of my courtroom type thing. And this mm. judge was like, nope, I understand that this is very emotional for both sides. Sure. Um, the only thing that I ask is that you, if you cannot control your emotions and you feel like they're getting the best of you, that you leave the courtroom. Sure. Um, but both moms cried throughout the whole trial um let me see and his sentencing was really interesting he was sentenced to life in prison with the eligibility for parole after 25 years for the murder specifically however he was also sentenced to 40 years in prison for each rape charge and robbery charge that was to be served concurrently so even though he is eligible for parole for the murder after 25 years, he has to serve the minimum 40 for the rape and robbery charges. So he actually won't be eligible for parole until 40 years. Her family was outraged by this. They said that he should be doing life without parole. Um, but the same year, actually just a couple months after the crime was committed, in December of 2013, the state Supreme Court ruled that a juvenile could not be sentenced to life without parole. Oh. They ruled that that was unconstitutional. So now any crime that's committed if, by a juvenile, if they're tried as an adult, they cannot be punished with life without parole. There has to be a parole option. Okay. So he's given the parole option. He is currently being housed at the Sousa Baranowski Correctional Facility, which I'm not sure what that is, but it is a maximum security prison. Try as I might, I could not figure out what happened with... This one in prison? Yeah, the one at the detention yeah. facility. I looked everywhere to see what the charges were of that. And from what I could tell in 2017, I believe, it was going to trial. Okay. And then that was the last I found anything of it. Weird. Um, but, yeah, her family has been adamant that the sentencing was not enough, that um, he should be doing life, that he's one of those people that can't be rehabilitated yeah Yeah. and there's still like no rhyme or reason for why it happened like i said he was like he kept that to himself yeah he kept it to himself and like he had a decent upbringing he didn't have something that had happened to him prior to that like he wasn't playing violent video games he wasn't like he was a soccer player and a decent student and he had just moved to town and like yeah. There was no no previous charges, no petty crimes, no nothing like that, no dad that was abusive, no whatever. Um, just, like, parents were getting divorced, and yeah, it sucked, but, like, we're starting over fresh it's somewhere weird. else. It's weird, yeah. I'd want to know, like, what the actual trigger was, just to make sense of everything. Yeah, and he will not say what, hmm. and he said it was, like, a word, like, a trigger oh. word, but he won't say what the trigger word was. Wow. Yeah. That's intense to just be a word. Yeah. That's really intense. I do want to say something, though, about the professionals or the psychologists saying, like, you know, for after they did their evaluations, they thought that maybe he was faking it. Know that that's not us saying he was faking it. 
that's a professional saying that, and we're just talking about, like, what he did to us in layman terms would lead us to believe, like, he was of sound mind, and he was, he knew what he was doing to a certain extent, so know that we're not taking lightly, like, oh, you know, someone could potentially be having a psychotic break, but for the professionals to say that, we're going to run with that and take their opinion, because it's, you know, what they study and what they, their evaluations, so that is pretty heavy for someone who has that profession to say, hey, based on my research, based on my evaluation of this patient, it looks like there was not a psychotic break or something that, or a a diagnosable, you know, something diagnosable on him. Right. And he was adamant that, like, his, um, that his reasoning wasn't sexually motivated. (laughs) It so clearly was. Yeah. Um, not only based on the fact that, like, he initially raped her, but then I think the what happened in the woods was a result of him being frustrated that he was stopped mid-attack. Oh, that's and right. And so he had to basically finish out what he had planned to do, but he just had to change locations. And then it escalated, so he was mad. Yeah, maybe. he was mad, and yeah. then that's when he used a whole... and it's. It's a tree branch, okay? Right. Like, I've seen the photo of the branch, and it's, oh, God. it's a it's a branch branch. It's not like a stick. Twig. Yeah, yeah it's a branch. Oh. And then the way he positioned her body and everything like that, and then leaving a note that says, I hate all of you, is just... Oh, that makes me nauseous. Yeah. Poor lady. And just the fact that her family gets no type of closure, just uh, no reason. Not that they need to know a reason, but, like, a there's no closure. Well, and... Because she was doing everything right. She was tutoring kids. She was staying after school with this kid to help him out yeah. even more. Yeah. And she was like, Ugh. I'm, I'm, yeah, use, use my knowledge for free or whatever. Like the best yeah. of intentions. And apparently she was a very well-liked teacher, which makes sense based on her age. Like people, right. I mean, she, she's practically fresh out of high school herself. Yeah. Like she's a baby. Yeah. 24. She's just getting started. a young high school teacher. Yeah. Actually. It is a really young high school teacher. Um, but it sounded like she, like you said, she was posting stuff on Twitter and she was like with it, with the kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. She was a cool teacher, I'm sure. But for him to do what he did and then the way he arranged her body, tree branch still inside and say that that's not a sexually motivated crime. I'm like, what else could it be? Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah, I mean... Good news is, is that he will be away until he's at least 54 years old. Oh, okay. Um, but her family is like, that's not enough. And I don't I don't blame them at all. It's just so weird that there's no rhyme or reason for it. It's right. like the most random thing I've ever seen. It's not like she was mean to him or that she, you know, did something wrong by him or didn't pass him in a grade so he can go play sports or whatever yeah it seems completely freaking random well in all the security footage this is what makes this case so interesting is it's literally all caught on camera um she literally like she walks in the bathroom he looks out hood goes or he looks out comes back in was it right after she went to the bathroom basically yeah does he within a minute um because it's kind of weird that he didn't do it in the room there was another student with her there were two kids in there him and another kid and then he walks in the bathroom, and you see him walk into the bathroom pulling on gloves as he walks into the bathroom. 
Ew. So it's all very calculated to me. What you do in Massachusetts? What was presented in court is that he had to move her body. He cut her throat so she couldn't scream. Um, He didn't want anybody to hear her or anything like that. But he needed to move her body after somebody walked in because he's not done yet. And that's their biggest thing is, like, he... He didn't want her to cry. He didn't want her to crawl out or anything like that. He wants to make sure that he can finish what he needs to finish. Otherwise, he would have just probably left her in the bathroom. But the fact that he moves location implies that she's he's not done yet because she's not dead yet. I feel like he moved her because he wanted to right, finish what he had started. But as far as the question on whether or not she might have been like any type of alive or had any like, would have been able to do anything to help herself, that probably goes out the window because he had time to leave her there, go change clothes, grab the bin, walk back to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And if he thinks he left someone there that had any potential of escaping or getting help for themselves, he wouldn't have done that, right? Right. Because he wanted to finish what he was doing. So probably the question of whether or not she was alive when she was at the bin can be answered by... Deducting that. Yeah, I don't think for one second that she was... I mean, 16, whether they're stabs or, sl- or or slashes on their throat, that's a lot of damage. And you said he hit three vital areas. Three vital um, arteries, arteries in yeah. the neck. Then I don't think there's... Oh, God. Oh, poor lady. Yeah. Um, I know it's a, like... This is a relatively short case. Um, it's a relatively, like, one and done kind of, I guess, two and done type of crime or whatever. But the one, the thing that makes this, like, such a standout and so baffling is the security footage. Oh, so sure. I will be posting that to the best of my ability. Um, so it will go on TikTok later on in the week. I'll switch it over to the other platforms or whatever. But if you want to get an early, an early look at it, TikTok is where to find it. Um, I will put it on there. And, yeah, you can basically see the whole thing play out for yourself. Um, it's pretty obvious what exactly went on there. I so. am so, like, interested to go see it, like, right now. Yeah. I was literally just, like, watching it. And I was like, what is happening? Because there was, when I watched it, there was no audio. captioning, oh. no audio or anything like that. It just shows the security footage. And I'm like, what? what's going on? And then what was immediately odd, like, right away, I was like, oh, well, that's weird. He put his hood up. And then, like, you just know like, from red that flag, moment. Red flag, red flag, red flag, yeah. And then you see him walk out, and it's like, his hand is completely red. Oh, God. Like, completely red. And what's crazy is they said that he, when he went to get the recycling bin, he stopped and talked to one of his teammates, because soccer practice was supposed to start soon, and asked his teammate for help, <gasps> and then thought better of it, and was like, no, 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 it's fine, I'll just see you at practice. Oh, my And God. what would have happened if his teammate has actually come with him to help him? That's so weird. And what made him go, oh, that's a good idea. I'll ask him for help. Right? Yeah. And that was what was... And those are the little tidbits, like, that make me think, maybe there was something else undiagnosed going on just because... I'm sure there probably was something going on, obviously. There was something going on. Um, But I don't think... I don't think it was a psychotic break based on the amount of planning that went into it. Right. Because a break, you know, just implies that there's... It's all of a sudden, it's a snapping type yeah. moment. Like your cup is over full. Like it's out you've of your had control. Enough. Yeah. Right. It's There's not, no chance to ask for help. Right. You don't bring four outfits to change into and gloves and 
a box think cutter. Of, and... Yeah, you don't think of that stuff when you're about to snap. Yeah. And if you do, then <laughs> you're not snapping. No. <laughs> yeah. That's not a snap. That's not a snap. All right. That was crazy. I'm so interested to see the yeah. videos on this. So I'll just that I'm really, really, really interested. Um, short and not so sweet for our first week back from our little, yeah. little Fourth of July break. Um, but in the meantime, the other thing that I wanted to mention really quick, uh, now that we we're done with that, we can move over into our true crime tea time yep. or whatever. Um, everything happened with Bill Cosby. Everybody was outraged. I totally get it. Um, if let's recap it. Cause I know there's some people that don't keep up with like social media. What? I mean, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. It's just the idea that somebody wouldn't know what was going on is baffling to me. Um, Okay. Recap. Bill Cosby was released from prison. I feel like you're a news reporter right now. <laughs> this week in True Crime News. <laughs> Last week in True Crime News. Um, Bill Cosby was released from prison despite us asking for Britney to be freed. Bill Cosby was. Um, which I also know why everything happened the way it did with Britney. But Bill Cosby was released from prison based on several technicalities that happened during his trial. Um, I would encourage you if you have questions or want to understand why I break this all down on our Instagram story. Yeah, and you I did a really good it. job. Thank you. I saved it in a reel called mm -hmm. Cosby Rundown, I think. And it has a picture of Cosby on the, on the reel. So if you go to our Instagram page at a stranger danger podcast, you'll see the reel on there or not the reel. I'm sorry. A highlight reel. Highlight reel. Yeah. A highlight. Um, and it breaks down everything that like happened. I explain like where the prosecutors went wrong. The DA's office went wrong. Um, the judge went wrong and what ultimately has driven the release of Bill Cosby. So the way that I understand it to give you just a really quick rundown, if you haven't been over to Instagram to listen to Mackenzie's like really good explanation, from what I understand, there was a deal done with the previous prosecutor mm -hmm. and when they prosecuted him for a different set of charges, the deal was broken by the judge who knew he was breaking the deal, something like that? Yeah, so... Okay. Basically, there was not enough evidence that the original DA thought that he would be able to really make a case for a criminal case, if you will. Okay. So as part of a agreement for a civil case in which one of the accusers filed an actual lawsuit about Cosby, mm -hmm. the agreement was that he would testify against himself in the civil suit, but he would be exempt from criminal charges. Gotcha. So normally you would never be, you never be asked to or required to testify against yourself. This is a violation of your fifth amendment rights, I believe right. against self-incrimination. Um, but because he couldn't be brought up on criminal charges, this was okay to do. And so Cosby at that point agreed to testify in the civil trial, said a lot of things that were very incriminating so when the new DA took office, he then took his statements from the civil lawsuit and used them to build his criminal case, which you absolutely cannot do. That's, again, a violation of somebody's Fifth Amendment rights. It also violated the plea deal that he had with the original First one. DA. Yes. Both, both instances are completely against the law, um, but he brought those charges against him. Then in trial, the jury deadlocked and... Instead of calling a mistrial, the judge basically allowed the trial to continue and had five more witnesses come in to testify 
basically in an attempt to swing the jury. Once a jury deadlocks, it's it's a mistrial. Right. You don't continue the trial to try and like, like more get your way. Yeah, no. Um, the big thing that like I harped on in the Instagram story, which I'll also say here, is that I like people were super outraged by this. I totally get it, and everybody was like, "But we all know he's a piece of shit, so like, can't we just like keep him in prison anyway?" Yeah, like I get it, but hear me out. Right, we're not happy that this happened. Hear me out. This is how innocent people end up doing time for things they shouldn't. And I'm not pleased, for the love of God, do not come at me and say that I'm <laughs> saying Bill Cosby is innocent. I'm absolutely not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that the same strategies that were used to convict Bill Cosby could, just, put him as, in jail. Yeah, right. could just as easily be used to convict an innocent person. And this is someone that has the resources, the money, yes. the power to like have someone keep looking and appealing and looking to their case and like making the case for them that this is what happened, this is what happened wrong, because I think that's what happened in this case. Right. It's not something that the judge all of a sudden was like, oh, shit, I messed up, let me release him. He had a whole team of people. So the issue is that why we're outraged is, like, it happens to other people who don't have the resources, who don't have the teams, who don't have the money to back them up, to fight for them. So... (sighs) It can't be okay for some and not okay for others. Right. Because that is very quickly how you have people abusing it and making the wrong decisions about who this applies to. It has to, you have to follow the law. Like, you have to follow the law. This has to be applied evenly. Like, it sucks. There's no, there's no denying it sucks. Like, he, he should be in jail. Yeah. Um, But they didn't get him there legally. If somebody comes on so, the Instagram page and calls me an asshole or a jackass what's-his-face decided to call me and say that, like, <laughs> I'm saying Bill Cosby is innocent, I'm giving up. I quit podcasting. <laughs> that is not no, what I'm saying, and don't no, anybody no. twist my words. No, we're just saying that, you know, it's the system. It's like Scott Peterson all well, over again. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful that you went and researched exactly the breakdown of what happened because yes. it does help understand it because for people, for myself – at first, I was like, oh, shit, he was released. What happened? That's so like, wrong. Right. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why was he released? Like, yeah. he wasn't he put in jail? But then at the end of the day, he wasn't there. He wasn't put there the right way. Yeah. Which, in this case, it's a famous person with notoriety and someone that, you know, everyone's going to know about when they come out of jail. But um, it could just have been a, a regular Joe Schmo who was put in jail for the exact same trajectory and no one would care yep so it's good to be informed and that um (sighs) yeah not happy he's out of jail that's it that's our piece we stick by that not happy he's out of jail but as far as the technicalities he brought it up or his team brought it up and they're right yep yeah yeah he got out because of a technicality technicality and the right resources, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else in true crime? Um, Brittany just needs to file a formal petition. Oh. That's her thing. So I did look okay. into that a little bit as far as why the judge denied her claim. And the judge denied her claim because she did not file a formal petition. So she needs to go through the process formally. What she says so in again, her a statement, technicality. <laughs> what she says in her statement, and I believe is true, although I don't know to what extent. I, you know... Britney's not well. I don't think no. any of us could say Britney is well. No. Um, but she said um, that she knows that people have been granted basically an emergency 
ending to their conservatorship, if you will, or whatever. Mm. And that's what she was asking the judge to do is to end the conservatorship without evaluation and without the formal petition. Gotcha. Um, and the judge basically said, no, you need to go through the formal process. That's like going through a divorce and just saying, just declare us divorce without going through the whole process. Yeah. My instinct is that Brittany is, and again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know for sure. My instinct is that Brittany is not well enough for the judge to feel comfortable in just saying, yeah, you're good to go. Right. Like, she needs to be evaluated I don't know why the conservatorship can't be just, like, automatically reassigned to somebody or, like, what all the issues are there. But the judge isn't saying no. He's just saying you got to do it the right way. Okay. So, so hopefully maybe more to come. Yeah. Free Britney is soon. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 Get Britney. Back to you. Mental no, health kidding. is important. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Can somebody buy her a hairbrush? Oh, God. I can't. That's Taking a lot. with her hair. I just want her to brush her hair and wash off her eyeliner. That's all I want. Yeah, that's heavy. All right, I think that's all we've got for today. Yep. If you haven't done so already, we'd love a review on iTunes Podcast so that other listeners who like true crime just like you can find us and be listeners along with you. Also, if you haven't done so already, we'd appreciate... You, your support on our Patreon page and you can find us on patreon.com which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash stranger danger podcast and the shout out for our Patreon this week goes out to Janelle who just joined us last week so thank you so much Janelle welcome to the murder lovers group thanks girl and if you want to be just as cool as Janelle go ahead and go to Patreon and check us out there will be a bonus episode up there very soon. Yes, there will be. And there's already one in there that if you join as a murder lover, you will already have access to as soon as you join. So you will have the last one and this one coming up this week as bonus episodes for you. And those are uncut, unedited. They just go on. We just start recording and put them up for you, which I think makes them really fun. All right. I think that's it for the socials. Uh, this week, Mackenzie's going to have something special that's related to her case. Uh, which is the video, and who doesn't love video? I mean, that's like, I live for that. Who doesn't love? CCTV is amazing. All right, thank you guys. All right, bye. Bye.